0: When God writes the story, it's filled with surprises, like forgotten people get chosen, underdogs win battles, and true friends share the journey. When God writes the story, lessons are learned in the wilderness, fools are found out, And sometimes, the guilty go free. Making of a Giant Killer. Hey, welcome today to part three of the series Making of a Giant Killer. More on that in just a moment. But first, I wanna welcome you to this moment, wherever you are, on Facebook, on our online platform. Man, thanks for taking a moment today and watching this service. Uh, We believe God wants to speak directly to your heart. And if this is your first time connecting with us at Trinity, man, fill out the connection card or even just put a comment there on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you. And really, we would love to send you a gift to say thanks for being our special guest. In church family, we haven't forgotten about you. I mean, if you have a prayer request and I mean, something specific that we can care for you, um, fill out the connection card and in that prayer request um, portion there, let us know of what's going on. Um, a pastor, an elder, somebody from our team will reach out to you and we just want you to know that you're not alone, that we love you, we care for you. And I mean, Amanda and I, we miss being with you each and every week and we can't wait for the day. Um, and we'll all be together again, but but thank you for, for your encouragement, um, the stories that I'm hearing about you staying connected into your groups and um, TLA and all, all the different ministries that we have still going on. I mean, I, I'm so excited for all that God is doing in your heart and in your life, so thanks for being here today, and, and let me just remind you um, that next Sunday, it is Mother's Day. It's a really big day, and so um, kiddos and dads and husbands, come on, like, don't blow it. I'm giving you a week notice, right? Like, get the flowers, order takeout, like, be prepared. I, come on, I want you to have a very peaceful Mother's Day, and I can't wait for this. We're going to honor all the moms next week, and it's going to be really, really special. And so I'm just, I just love you enough to give you a week's head up. Like, come on, like, be prepared, spoil, spoil the moms in your life. Um, Take out your sermon notes, download those, and let's continue the series, The Making of a Giant Killer. And and I want to frame our conversation um, right now around this question. And so just follow along with me. But the question I want you to think about of, do you have that friend? Think about that. Do you have that friend? I'm not talking about your social media friends because we all have social media friends. And it's so easy to pretend and even to be fake on social media. In fact, just reminded, like this week, just scrolling through my feeds in the morning, it's just amazing to me how many people think that it's important that I know like, what they're having for breakfast. I mean, 10 years ago, none of us would even think about making a nice breakfast and then calling our 10 closest friends and showing them a picture or telling them about it. like, And now we, we take a picture and then we take 10 minutes to figure out a really funny or cool hashtag. And all the while when it's time to actually eat the breakfast, your your pancakes are cold, right? <laughs> it's so easy to, to pretend and to be fake on, on social media. Sociologists are, are telling us now um, that, that people are more concerned um, about their online image, their Facebook image, than they are even about like the real, in-person, real life, I like to say the heart-to-heart, the kneecap-to-kneecap um, relationships. We're way more concerned about social media relationships than we are about the real life relationships. And here's what I want you to know, if we're more concerned about that and not concerned about the real life, like having those real friends, I really believe this, that we won't achieve our full potential in life. God created us um, relational beings. He created us first to have a relationship with him, but then he created us to have relationships with each other, which is why a few months ago I did a whole sermon on the idea that relationships are spiritual. To any type there's a close relationship, there is a transference that's that's happening, relationships are critically important. And for all of us to achieve the greatness in our life, to achieve our full potential, we can't do it alone. We need other people in our life. We need some close friends. And one of the things that we're gonna learn in David's life is that he had a close friend. David, I believe this, wouldn't be all that he, all of his potential, all that he was created and destined to become if it wasn't for some people in his life? Sociologists also tell us that we are the, the sum total of our five closest friends. so think about that the five people that you spend the most time with like more or less like that 's who you really are that if your five closest friends, like they work hard, they love God like you 're going to be a person that works hard and loves God, but if your five closest friends are people who party and get wasted, like you 're probably going to be Exactly that, that we are the sum total of our five closest friends. And by the way, the Bible's been talking about this for years and years and years. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it's a great verse. Solomon, the wisest person to ever live, says, walk with the wise. And guess what happens? Like, you become wise. You're the sum total of of people who you hang out with. So if you want to be a great leader, you should hang out with great leaders, You wanna have a great marriage, you should hang out with people who have great marriages. If you wanna be good with your money, you should hang out with people who are good with their money, and then the text continues, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, growing up in high school, I can remember getting in trouble a few times, and I want you to know that some of the poor decisions that I made, I rarely made those decisions alone. I was always influenced by other people, and, and now that we're 20 years removed from high school, they would probably say, no, Jared, I think that you were the one that was influencing us to make those poor decisions. Either way, right, like a companion of fools, like that's when you begin to get yourself in trouble, which is why John Maxwell, and I've shared this a lot, has said this, that show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. And so young people, middle-aged people, old people, wherever you fall, this is so important that all of us, we need good friends in our lives. God has great plans and he has a pathway of greatness for each and every one of us. In order for us to step into all that God has, I'm telling you, you're going to need some good friends along life's journey so you can reach your full potential. All that shared and said, really to build some context for where we find David, you have to know that David has been anointed king and he just defeated um, the Philistine giant Goliath. Well, David is not yet the king. Saul is the king of Israel. And Saul has a son named Jonathan. And everybody thinks that Jonathan is the rightful heir to the throne. That's just kind of how it worked. You're you're the son of the king. You're gonna be the next king. Well, Samuel, he didn't anoint Jonathan to be the next king. He found a shepherd boy from the house of Jesse in Bethlehem and said, you're the next king of Israel, anointed David. So David has this triumphant, we learned about this last week, this amazing um, battle plan against the Philistine giant Goliath. And after that, subsequent battles, David's like fame just begins to rise. I mean, he's like just winning all these battles. Everybody's following him. In fact, his popularity goes so much that there's a song written about David, and I'm not gonna sing it for you, but you can kind of put your own tune to it, but this is what the song was about David, that Saul, King Saul, yeah, he's slain his thousands, but David, I mean, he slain his tens of thousands. What an incredible song. (laughs) You gotta know. Um, Saul didn't like this too much. Saul, in a moment of rage and jealousy, um, hurls a spear at David's head, and David avoids it. Now you gotta understand, this is a really difficult position for David to be in, because Saul is David's boss. David was a commander in Saul's military, and David would play the harp for Saul in the palace. So you think that you have a bad relationship with your boss? Like Nothing compared to David and Saul. In a moment of rage, Saul throws a spear at David and David has to escape in a really difficult position. And in the middle of that difficult situation, God sends David a gift. And it's the gift of friendship. And it's probably the most unlikely friend that David would ever have. God sends David to get the friendship through Saul's son, Jonathan. And what's so unlikely about this is that both of these people were really competing for the throne, you would think. It'd almost be like today, like Donald Trump and Joe Biden becoming the best of friends, right? That's not a political statement, I'm just telling you that's very unlikely for that ever, for that ever to happen. And here we see, we're gonna, we're gonna learn, That in the middle of David's incredible, difficult situation with Saul, God gives David a best friend, most unlikely, and it's Saul's son, Jonathan. And we're going to discover over the next few minutes that there's four really essential ingredients or four main aspects of great friendship. And all of us need great friends. So as we work through these, and by the way, I could have given so many more. All the books you read, sermons that you'll listen to, I mean, there's so many great aspects of their relationship. I just want to highlight four of them. And while we highlight them, I want you to ask the question: Are these ingredients, are they in your life or are the people that you have as friends, like, would that would this be said about you? And would you say this about, about them? I think this is gonna be really helpful for you for you today. Follow along with me. Write this in your notes, but here's the first essential ingredient to friendship. And number one, it is. It's commonality. It's commonality. So, so you can put it in context. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, the message translation. I really like um, how Eugene um, Peterson words this. It says, by the time David had finished reporting to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed with David, and an immediate bond was forged between them. He became talking about Jonathan to David, he became totally committed to David, and from that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and friend. Some translations say that they became like blood brothers. Another translation said that their hearts were knitted together. Not not in a sexual way, but just in this idea of, man, we have so much in common. Like Here's what they, The text doesn't clearly tell us what they had in common, but you would think that they were both incredible warriors. David gets all the credit, but Jonathan was no slouch. Like Jonathan was an incredible warrior. They, they had that in common. That they both had in, like they were just both leaders. I mean, they had the stuff that kings were made of. But probably the thing that they had most in common was their deep love for God that they both deeply love the God of Israel. And I just know that this is true for me, that any time I have deep friendship, it's because we share a common faith and we share common common values. That doesn't mean that I don't have non-believing friends because I definitely do, but there's just something special that happens when you move beyond the surface and really, the only way to move beyond the surface is when you share common faith and when you share common values, that you have things in common. This is why at this church, we base our groups around this idea of find people who like to do the same things that you like to do and hang out together. Because when Christians gather, usually good things good things happen. And so we tell you, if you like to mountain bike, man, like, go like start a mountain biking group. If you like to um, you know, disc golf, go do that together. If you like to go hiking, wh- whatever the case is, if you need to eat out, to, like whatever, like gather people that you have things in common with that share your same faith and values. And it's amazing, it's amazing what God begins to do in your heart and your life together. So I'm just gonna encourage you, even though we're on lockdown and I know we can't physically meet together, like, you need to be a part, you need to have some good friends in your life. Go to this website, slash groups, like right now, and you can find a group. Or if you don't find a group of anything that you like, well, maybe consider like hosting a group, like starting a group. And saying, hey, I know like for this short season, we may do it virtually, but once this is lifted, we're, we're going to do this or that. I, I can't tell you enough that you need people in your life to walk the journey with you. Think, like, just life in common, young married people, single people, whatever the case is, you need people that are in your common life stage to walk the journey, the journey with you. Life is too hard. To do it alone. Our life is too hard to to do it with people who even have different beliefs or different values. I, I love this verse. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, like don't team up, or the way I learned this verse in the King James was don't be unequally, unequally yoked. The idea here is: listen, get people in your life that are moving in the same direction as you are. Like, this is why I tell you this: single people. Do not date a non-believer. Like, marriage is too hard like by itself, and then to add that component on top of it, most of the time it ends in disaster. Be equally yoked, going in the same direction. You can even be Christians, really, and still be unequally yoked. You could be moving in this direction, and they're moving in this direction, and when the idea, the, the visual the author's trying to give you is you get nothing accomplished unless you both are moving in the same direction. We're seeing this play out, that one of the great reasons why David and Jonathan were such good friends, and we all need good friends, is because they had so much in in common. Here's, Here's the second thing, write this in your notes, is there was great loyalty. There was great loyalty. Like Jonathan was loyal to David, and it cost Jonathan it cost Jonathan dearly. Follow along, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 28. And Jonathan made a covenant. That may not be a familiar word for you, but basically what that word means is just a binding promise. Like, we're gonna shake on this and I'm not going anywhere and, and because he loved him as, like, we're, we're in this together. I like to say, when you make a covenant, like, regardless of what you do, like, I am gonna be loyal to you. You know, the term that we throw around now is like, hey, you are like my person. If you need help bearing a body at 2 a.m., like, please, please, that should never come. You should never call somebody with that problem. But if you like were to, you have a friend that you could call because you have a covenant, right? Like, like, that's my person. like, who is that person that you can call and you can be real with? I mean, not the pretend church person, but like they know everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, and guess what, Like with loyalty, and they still love you anyway. I mean, it is a game changer. I want this for you so much, that you need people in your life that you can call, Henry Cloud calls it the 2AM friend, that you can call at any time, and they are going to be loyal to you. Like there's a binding promise, I got your back no matter what. And I'm telling you, when you have this person, when you know it's loyal, that loyal friend can call you out when you're wrong. And you've given them permission. Like they can, they can constructive criticize you because you know they're not going anywhere because they're coming at it from the best place possible. Do you have this? You, you see, Jonathan had this with David Jonathan was so loyal and committed to David that it cost him dearly. When the spear was thrown, when Saul threw the spear at David's head, Jonathan is the person that helped David escape the palace. And when Saul finds out, kind of get a look into this in 1 Samuel 20, Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. I mean, you gotta read between the lines. Our, our Bible translators are being very careful here. And let me tell you that this is probably some of the most hurtful and hateful language that a parent can ever say to their kid. And I know this isn't part of the sermon today, but parents, man, speak life over your kids. Like stop calling them names, stop saying they're a mistake and regardless of how frustrated they make you. Come on, speak life and truth and grace over them. Jonathan was so loyal to David. Think of the how hurtful and hateful this speech is. It cost Jonathan dearly. But there was loyalty. Do you have a friend that's loyal? Are you that friend that somebody else can call at 2 a.m.? I'm telling you, if you wanna achieve all that God has for you, you're gonna need some loyal friends in your life. Here's the third thing. Write this in your notes, and this is probably my favorite, but a key ingredient to friendship, it is generosity. It is generosity. The opposite of generosity is selfishness, and how many of you know that selfishness I mean, it is a relationship killer. If all you do is take, 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 you're gonna end up very, very lonely. Let me show you how generous Jonathan was to David. And Jonathan made a covenant. There's that binding promise again with David because he loved him as himself. And Jonathan took off the robe that he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. It, it, this, this is so interesting because the robe, that doesn't really mean a lot to us. We just think it's clothes, but that's not. That, that is the royal robe that only two people could have, and that would be the king and the king's son. It's incredible generosity from Jonathan to David. And also not only that, but it's this idea of the sword. A little bit of context for this, just to know the sword, but there was only two swords in all of Israel. So go to 1 Samuel 13. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. And the reason why is because the rival nation, the Philistines, had a market on metal. So what we're seeing here is that Jonathan gave David his most prized possession. Generosity builds friendships. In fact, this week, when I was thinking about some of my closest friends over the last 20 years, it began, our friendship began, by an act of generosity, it doesn't necessarily very big, but maybe something small, like as some just some time. They were generous with time, or they were generous with a small gift. Like looking back, it's amazing how friendships start with generosity. And so the moral of the story is that you want to be my friend, like you got to give me a gift. I guess that, no, I, that's not true. Uh, but but I'm available for all of that. Like I don't, no problem. Here, here's what I'm learning, right? I, I, I need to grow in this area. And I think this is an area for all of us to grow in, that all of us can learn to become more generous. And even right now, when it's so easy for us, like, to keep the focus on ourselves and everything that we have going on with the coronavirus, like, what if this week we decided... No, I'm gonna make the focus on everybody else. I'm actually gonna figure out how to build that six-foot bridge to my neighbor. Like, I'm gonna make that meal. I'm gonna order that takeout. I'm gonna send that text. I'm gonna write that old-fashioned card and put a stamp on it and go to the mailbox. I mean, like, what would that look like for you this week? Generosity, I'm telling you, it opens up doors. This is one of the core values of our church, Like we actually believe here that it is way better to give than to receive. That we are going to be people like that this community knows what we're for, not for what we're against. That we are going to be generous. Write this to the side of your notes, but I believe this, that generosity opens the door so you can be heard. I believe this today, that generosity is the new evangelism. Just what we're able to do right now because of your generosity out of our doors, we're having conversations with people that we've never been able to have before. Like your church is caring for, for the foster kids in this way and, and you're able to help with, with these different ministries. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Generosity is allowing us to do that. Generosity, like we earn the right to be heard. And I'm telling you, great friendships. You, you wanna have a friend? Come on, generosity opens the doors so you can be heard. It's an incredible principle. And here's the fourth one, and then we'll be done. But the key ingredient to having good friends, come on, it is encouragement. It's encouragement. Let me fast forward the story. David escapes, Jonathan helps him, escapes, and now David is in a cave. Probably the, the lowest point in David's life. And while he's there by himself, I I love what Jonathan does, that Jonathan takes the initiative. Jonathan went to find David. I love that. Like, I'm not gonna wait for somebody to encourage me. Like, like, and he could have, right? Like, his dad is, you know, just said like, "I, I want nothing to do with you. I can't believe that you were even born. Jonathan needed encouragement himself, but I love this. Like he went to find David and encourage him, and this is what I love, like encourage them to to stay strong in your faith with God. Like, Don't fear. People don't necessarily need a great word from us. What they need is they need a great word from God. And oftentimes on our difficult and really challenging days, God sends us the gift of a friend Do what? To stay strong in our faith in God. It's an incredible principle. Because maybe some of you right now, like you like you would just relate with David and you would say, Man, this is a really difficult season. Like maybe you're a high school senior and you had all of these plans, and this was going to be the best three months of your life. And it's been completely upended. And you're frustrated and you're discouraged. Or, or maybe like, you thought for sure that you were gonna get that promotion. Like you, you saw it. And not only did you not, not get the promotion, but maybe your hours have been cut or, or maybe you've lost your job altogether and you're in a really difficult season wherever you are. I want you to hear this encouragement today that I believe that God oftentimes steps in and gives you the gift in these difficult moments will give you the gift of friendship. He will, that God shows up by sending people. And I also sometimes think that we always think, well, I need need the encouragement. And I actually think that that's messed up thinking. The Bible tells us this, Go, go to the next one, sorry. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. This is what like, Stop waiting for everybody else to take the initiative for you, but why don't you take the initiative? Like you can be friendly. So I I wanna encourage you, like this week, take the initiative. Send that text, like go knock on that door. Stay six feet apart, but this week, like be friendly. Maybe you're the gift. God's gonna use you the gift for somebody else. Stop waiting for always to be receiving, but go make, take the initiative, go bring that word of encouragement. And here's the most incredible thing, is that God took the initiative with us, that we didn't deserve it. Here's how this verse ends. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And this is just the best news that you're ever gonna hear that we didn't deserve encouragement or generosity, but God loved us so much that that's exactly what he did. He was so generous that he sent Jesus Christ. And here's the most amazing thing. Paul talks about this in Romans five eleven. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has, has made us friends of God. God went first. He took the initiative. He was generous, sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you and for me so that the gap can be filled. Why? So we can have a close, personal friendship with the God of this universe. And I wonder today if God may be calling you to do the same thing. Take the example of our God and you go take the initiative. You go bring encouragement. You go bring the generosity and watch and see the difference that it can make in your heart and in your life. And maybe some of you, you'd be honest and you would say, Pastor Jared, I've never heard this before. And maybe your church background, you, you, you were led to believe that God is just mad at you, that he's waiting for you to mess up so he can get you. And I want you to know that is not the God of our Bible. The God of our Bible like, loves you just for who you are. In fact, he loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. In the verse John three sixteen finishes, that if we believe that, that we will have everlasting life. And what the amazing thing is, is that we are not considered his enemy, that we are considered his friend. And I believe that God brought some of you right here to this moment just to hear these words, that God wants to be your friend today. And some of you, you've been keeping him at a distance, Maybe you feel like God is so far away, I'm telling you, God wants to speak. Come on, open up your heart to him. I'm inviting you right in this moment, come on, become the friend of God. So right where you are, whatever room you find yourself in, come on, would you just bow your head and close your eyes right now in this moment? And and maybe that's you, maybe you would just say, Pastor Jared, like today, I'm not a friend of God. He just feels so far away. Maybe you would say, I've been going my own way, keeping him at a distance, but today, Come on, today, you wanna break that wall down and you wanna give your life fully to him. Come on, if that's you, you know that's you, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Come on, just say this simple prayer. This prayer won't save you, but it's believing it in your heart. Just say this right where you are. Just say, today, God, I'm sorry for going my own way. That's it, tell him. I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance, but today, as simply as I know how, I give my life to you. Come on, tell him that. I hold nothing back. I surrender everything. And then just thank them, just say thank you that I am your friend. Thank you that you love me and you have a great plan for me. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person praying that prayer. Someday they're praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it may be a recommitment prayer or thank you for the work that you're doing in the hearts of your people. And I also pray right now that that we together, this church, that we would show ourselves to be friendly, that we would take the initiative, that we would hold nothing back, that we wouldn't expect anything in return. Oh Lord, I, I can see the difference that you're gonna make through our hearts and through our lives as we step out this week and we build the six foot bridge that we show ourselves to be friendly. Thank you for what you're gonna do. We honor you for saving people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you just prayed that prayer, it's the most incredible decision that you've ever made. In our church, we're clapping, we're cheering for you. Man, we're so excited for your decision today to follow Jesus, to really become... To become his friend. And if, if you just um, you know, s- s- prayed that prayer, uh, fill out that connection card that I talked about earlier. Just check the box, giving my life to Jesus or a recommitment. Man, we want to celebrate with you. And it's the same. We're not going to abuse that information. We just simply want to send you an email giving you some clear next steps. And man, we're so, so, so excited for all that God's doing in, in your life. In church, we're gonna continue to worship right now in this moment through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. Aren't you excited to do that? I know you're cheering, I know you're clapping. Click that box, give online, bill pay. You're sending it in, however you're doing that. Man, thank you for your amazing generosity. Uh, We serve a give first God, so we're gonna be a give first people. So however you give, man, you are making a difference. As we give, as we bless our community, we are earning the right to be heard. So thank you, it's because of you that we're able to do this, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Hey, before we sign off, I, I wanna just pray a quick blessing over you. Um, and again, thank you, for, thank you for being here today. Don't forget, Mother's Day is next week, it's gonna be really special. Um, but as we send you off today, well, let me pray for you. God, I thank you for these amazing people. I pray you'll fill them with faith today, give them fresh vision. And I pray that you'll bring people into our path this week that we can be friendly to. Um, Lord, thank you for this incredible example of what great friendship looks like. We honor you today in Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love you. Keep, keep signing in and we'll see you soon. God bless you.